Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about whether or not Ubisoft is going to get bought by Microsoft, Sony, or someone else. I mean, Stranger Things, well, I mean, yeah, sort of Stranger, Stranger Things, thing, like, yeah, Stranger Things have happened. <laughs> More surprising things have happened. Yes, yes. Um, yes. It is funny. Well, sort of. I don't know. I will say, and when we get to it, I'll talk about how, like, I, I, I would be, like, absolutely shocked. Like, I would think that Ubisoft would be the last of the big developers that would get bought. So, anyway. Even over EA? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, dude. I feel like oh, no. even over EA. No. <laughs> EA, no. Or 2K? No. Uh, yeah, I, I would no. say so. No, no. I disagree. But we can talk about that later. <laughs> Um, we also have some news with some cool, uh, some cool news to talk about. But first, John, and what have you been up news to? news too, Chris. Oh, oh yeah. Some, some, yeah, some stupid news. So what we'll it's, do it's, is we'll sandwich, a, we'll sandwich the, a, the bummer news between two pieces, two slices of great news. Yeah. It's less a bummer than <laughs> I'm just like, this is dumb. Um, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, yeah. But what have you been up to this week? Oh man. So I have been doing a lot of uh, the Apex Legends anniversary event, playing a lot more of the uh, mm. the control mode, playing uh, like they they have uh, their like free kind of uh, track with like all these different uh, items in it that you can get like skins and and hollow sprays and stuff like that. So I've been playing a lot of that, um, and then I also obviously like whenever the whenever we talk about the Nintendo news later, I like did some I, I whipped out the 3DS, Chris. Mm. Of all the things, I, I pulled out my 3DS and was like, "All right, let me see what this is. Uh, what, what what there is on this this 3DS here that I uh, I can get." And I, I downloaded some some new things, played uh, a couple of things. I played some Fire Emblem, some of the some you know one of the Fire Emblems that I hadn't played that was on the 3DS or whatever, and that's been super fun to to go back and uh, and revisit. But uh, but yeah, that, I mean that's that's basically what I've been up to this week, man. It's been a uh, it's been been a fun fun time playing playing Apex and stuff. So, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I haven't been up to a whole lot either. Um, I played the uh, the new season of Warzone. Ooh. It's out. Um, they uh, the only really change to the map that they've made that I can tell. There's like these weird circled pl- spots, but I haven't figured out what's unique about them yet. But then um, they uh, replaced the uh, planes with bombers. Interesting. Um, they're no more uh, robust than the planes, and uh, <laughs> you know and it's, it's funny. still real hard to kill people in them. So I still have not played the new map, uh, oh the my, new Warzone what? map. No, um, and it's That's funny because like insane. it rolled through the other day as an update, and it was like a gigantic update. So it's really funny to hear you say that like not much has changed because it was a huge update. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, and I don't, I don't know what specifically they updated. Um, I know they they uh, try to fix a lot of bugs, but then they accidentally uh, introduced a whole lot more of them. So Dude, that's how it goes. That's how all the game development stuff kind of yeah. goes, you know. Um, but uh, beyond that, I don't really know. Like, there wasn't like a big map update or something like that. So interesting, like, because like, I feel like hopefully. With the Microsoft acquisition, it keeps those files like it, it somehow is able to like 
shrink some file sizes because like Microsoft games like Forza or even like um you know uh like like, like your your Halos and stuff like that like those are huge maps they look really pretty but dude they're not like just gigantic yeah. and the the Activision like size of those files is huge <laughs> Well, the rumor is that, um, well, yeah, the rumor, there's two rumors. One, um, that uh, a new Warzone, a Warzone 2 is being developed. Um, and what I'm hoping is it's separate from any other game. We've yeah. talked about that. Its own uh, client, yeah. I could also see, though, because the other rumor is that uh, Modern Warfare 2 is coming this fall. I could also see, just like they packaged... Warzone with Modern Warfare One, some for some reason mm. packaging Modern Warfare Two with Warzone Two. Mm. Yeah, I that would not, that would be a weird decision. Like I don't like that decision, but no, that neither. would it would make sense. Like it would track with like the Activision decisions in the past. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, I can um, see either one happening. However, I do will say like they have made an attempt on the like if interview search for Warzone like Call of Duty Warzone on the store, it. Is its its own separate entry, but then once you install it, it's very clear that it's the same. Like it's Modern Warfare. Oh yeah, uh, it's totally uh, Modern like, Warfare. But yeah, like they have two separate like two separate icons, two separate store entities for Modern Warfare and for Warzone. Like for people who are just looking for Warzone, like they've just somehow like it's a separate entry, same game though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but that's that's wild, Chris. Uh, so. I mean Warzone, dude, and uh, Warzone I Two. I know, <sighs> but that's all I've been up to, John. I haven't really been up to a lot. Um, it's been a pretty. Uh, what? Wait, hang on, hang on. Let me double think. Oh, oh, the freaking Super Bowl, John. Yeah, I was gonna say you've been talking. You've been talking every week. Yeah, you've been keeping yeah. me updated, keeping me apprised of yeah. of the, you know, the postseason football. Yeah, and I, Chris, I don't know who won. You'd, are you kidding me? No, you I, I'm not kidding you, Chris. I you're, don't know you're, you're dead serious. I'm I'm a hundred percent serious. <laughs> that makes zero sense. Uh, the the Rams won, dude. That's great. That's they great. won the Super Bowl. That was, Man, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Man, um, the, uh, and it was another tight game. Like I mean, there was a there was a portion in the middle where, uh, that uh, there just wasn't no neither neither team scored. It was basically a defensive game. Uh, no one could run, um, and uh, the passing game was not working for either one of them, and so. Uh, but they just went back and forth. Um, basically, the Rams lost all of their targets except for uh, Cooper Cup, who's their wide receiver. Um, and uh, he was being uh, really protected all game. And uh, finally, like he was like the only person that they could throw to. So they made some great plays and got a touchdown. Broke um, he, through. He ended up be, uh, being uh, the Super Bowl MVP, which is it's rare for uh, a um, it's rare for a player other than the quarterback to be uh um the mvp nice of either a season or super bowl and so dude so the uh you know the rams like they don't yeah that's great i'm excited it was awesome yeah i I still think of them as the uh st louis rams the stl you know yes yes i mean and that's you know like (laughs) uh shout out to st louis um yeah but uh you know they've as a city have just collectively kind of disowned them um since they left as i guess you do whenever you know you get uh shunned by the the team's owner and they get moved but this is the thing i was i was i was in tennessee at the time so i was already rooting for uh, a team that i wasn't in this same uh proximity as 
And so I might as well root for him in, in Los Angeles. And so sure, I've sure, been sure. following him ever since. Well, I mean, you know, and the, I think there was like some sort of a thing where like the city like paid a bunch of money to like do something like with the stadium. And then yeah, the, yeah, they, they, they were the owner them. like took all the money and basically, you know, you know, didn't and, put the and team there up, anymore. So. They end up suing him and then settling and he ended yeah. up paying the city some money. I'm not, not saying any of that wasn't shady because it, sure. it was it was 100 percent shady. But like I'm I'm like, OK, whatever. Of course. I'm over it. I wasn't there at the time. It's fine. Yeah, you so. go through you go through all that. Like, oh yes, it it would be very frustrating to then you know, uh, you know, be yeah. expected to like root I, for that team. I don't, still, I don't but. want to trivialize what happened or what he did. You know, like right. because a lot of people were very very upset about it. Um, and but I'm I'm happy they won the Super Bowl. The yeah. halftime show was freaking amazing. If you yeah, get a chance, you should you should go watch that. I actually actually saw like uh, I think I think all of that. I think I watched okay. all of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, How did you watch great. that and then not see who won the Super Bowl? I mean, like that's that's the general thing. Like, I mean, it's 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 a big music event, <laughs> so like I I'm I I am way more apprised of the uh, of the music situation than I am of uh, mm. of of the sporting situation. <laughs> I feel like I at least would have glanced at it. I mean, but that was like also like that was that halftime, Chris. Nobody had won yet. Uh, that's true. <laughs> all right, all right. Well. <laughs> Anyway, that's so. Yeah, I am kind of coming down off the high of that. You know, I, I basically couldn't sleep at all on Sunday night. I was so amped, um, and uh, I uh, yeah, I'm I'm still excited. That's awesome, dude. Um, but yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Uh, a little bit later, we're going to talk about Ubisoft. But first, John, the news. The All right, the news, John. So we'll sandwich this with some. Well, do we have three items, three things? Yes, ish. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the first one I'm going to uh, talk about is John Williams is coming back to compose the Obi Wan Kenobi theme song. Uh, this is from IGN, written by Cat Bailey, legendary Star Wars composer John Williams is returning to produce the theme to Obi Wan Kenobi, the new Star Wars series, due to debut in May on Disney Plus. Which is weird. Is he just now writing this or? Anyway, so so yeah, well, well, you mean John Williams is is John Williams just now writing this? Is the are we just now working on music for this thing? Okay, this feels so, way too close to the release of this. Continue, and I have some questions. Like I have thoughts and questions, and I, I'm gonna see if I can find out some answers while you continue. Uh, Variety reports that Williams, who's 90, recorded in Los Angeles last week. Oh, okay, under so he's he's last week okay. under tight security. Williams returns to the Star Wars franchise for the first time since Rise of Skywalker, which released in 2019. Particularly notable is that Williams rarely scores music for television. Neither of the previous Star Wars shows, The Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett, featured music by Williams, with Ludwig Göransson and Joseph Shirley filling the role instead. It's unclear if Williams will contrib- contribute additional music beyond the Obi-Wan Kenobi theme. Williams' music is traditionally regarded as an essential part of the Star Wars experience. His booming themes conveying the feel of a grand space opera. He has also composed numerous other famous themes, including Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, and other beloved blockbusters. Yes, we know. He holds the record for most Oscar nominations for a living person. With Book of Boba Fett concluding last week, attention is turning to Obi-Wan Kenobi, which features Ewan McGregor reprising the role for the first time since 2005's Revenge of the Sith. It is scheduled to premiere on Disney Plus on May 25th. Uh, yeah, that's it. Cool, I love so it. So I'm, I know I'm excited. I mean, yeah, that, that's 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 super exciting. I mean, I didn't think like I thought after Rise of Skywalker, he was pretty definitive. Where he's like, man, that's it, that's it, guys. 
Well, this is, I mean, this, we, we've talked for years about this is what I wanted. I wanted a, a an Obi-Wan Kenobi mm. movie or series with Ewan McGregor, and uh, we're getting it, John, and it's almost here. Dude, so exciting, so exciting. The the thing about like the John Williams theme, like I was curious. I was like, okay, well, he's composed like music for Obi Wan, like for for like the first movie, obviously, so A New Hope, and then the entire like prequel trilogy. And so I was like, well, is it is it maybe this will play off of some of that like stuff, which would be really cool. Um, there's also be, obviously yeah, that would be cool. There's also obviously like a bunch of uh, you know Anakin themes and Darth Vader themes and stuff. And, and I, Anakin's supposed to be in this. We should be seeing some of that here. So like it is, it would make sense to like have uh, him compose the themes. You know, even if you have somebody else orchestrate and like arrange, you you know if if he's composing a new theme like for this series, like that would make sense. And it like would it hopefully will feel very you know contiguous with the rest of uh, rest of the series and stuff it's it was interesting in book of boba fett because obviously we introduced the the new boba fett character uh like uh the 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 i guess like that mandalorian's boba fett uh into the mandalorian show so obviously that composer like wrote the theme for the boba fett show um so that like all kind of through line made sense um but right now like we kind of have these kind of two very uh different vibes for the the star wars music going in you know we have like the the stuff going for for mandalorian and we have the stuff like from the original trilogy and most of like clone wars and rebels pretty much played off of a lot of those uh like original kind of trilogy vibes like um there were some really cool musical moments in those things but they are kind of influenced by uh john williams original kind of scores which i i think it makes sense i mean we're we're talking about like the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Like they're both dealing with um, non Jedi characters. Does that make right. sense? And yeah. then like I think that uh, that kind of like that grand what they mentioned like the grand kind of like uh, theme music and like that I really associate that with uh, Jedi. Kind Jedi of. I mean yeah. I don't even really expect that kind of stuff from like if there was a Han Solo. Uh, and I don't even remember who did the music for the Han Solo movie because I feel like it was different as yeah, well. Yeah, it was. It was a little bit different. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and obviously, like you know, with the with Clone Wars and with Rebels, like it makes sense to have that kind of a feel to it as well because, like you said, you're dealing with like Jedi type of characters. Um, so I, it'll be interesting and I have thought this, you know, before it's like, okay, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the music on like the Ahsoka series. Um, like, cause that's more of a Jedi esque style, you know, situation going on there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, dude, I'm super excited about this show. Like everything that I, uh, I know about it, everything I hear about it gets me really excited. And then, oh. you know, I'm, I'm ho- I've got high hopes, Chris got high hopes. Same, same. Um, I'm excited for it. Chris, some bummer news, though. Oh, gosh, okay. Or at least at least some, like, ex- probably expected, but, like, disappointing news. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo has announced they are shutting down the eShop for the 3DS and the Wii U as of... And so, like, this is the thing about this one, Chris. They say in the headline, um, as of... Let me see... 
the, the uh, next year. So 2023, March, late March 2023. So let me just read this. Wii U and Nintendo 3DS eShop discontinuation. As of late March 2023, it will no longer be possible to make purchases in the Nintendo eShop for the Wii U system and the Nintendo 3DS family of systems. It will also no longer be possible to download free content, including game demos. Furthermore, as the date draws closer, related services will cease to function. Now, here's the kicker, Chris. So we're talking about late 2023, the store is shutting down. The first bullet point, as of May... over a year from now. Right, yeah, it's over a year from now. As of May 23rd, 2022... Oh no, that's this year. That's yep, that's that's coming up real quick. It will no longer be possible to use a credit card to add funds to an account in the Nintendo eShop on the Wii U or the Nintendo 3DS family of systems. Okay, so hang on, let's stop there. Does that mean <laughs> I can I can add eShop funds though from my Switch? And uh, then no. use them? No, you can't, buy, you can't buy those games off of your Switch or mobile. Right, right, right. I, yes, I get that, but I could load money into my eShop. On my Switch, but then spend that money on my 3DS. Ooh, I think there's, I think they're separate, separate uh, mm, banks. I don't like that. That's dumb and weird. We should yeah. test that. <laughs> we should test that. That is a good question, Chris. <laughs> um, and then the next bullet point: as of August 29th, 2022, it will no longer be possible to use Nintendo eShop card to add funds to an account in Nintendo eShop on Wii U or Nintendo oh, well. 3DS Family of Systems. That's this year too. Yeah. However, it will still be possible to redeem download codes until l- late March 2023. So basically, first you lose the ability to use your credit card and put money under your account that way. And then in August, you lose the ability to like redeem any uh, any gift cards on those systems. Um, so yeah, unless you're unless you are like just finding the the perfect way to game this system and you can add funds from your switch and it'll appear on your 3ds unless that happens which i don't think that 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 is uh that that works that way um then it will be impossible to add money and purchase uh, like things on your 3ds without a eShop card yeah 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 or without a or without a a download code i feel like um it doesn't make sense that those two shops have different banks because it it's the not. same eShop cards you would yeah, buy. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, let me see. Let me let me see if we can game the system here, Chris. Okay. Let me, uh, let me do right. a quick search. Now, the thing yeah. about this was, like, they had a little Q&A about, like, uh, about why was this, this happening and stuff like that. And then like, so they put out this Q and a, and then they removed one of the questions that they had, they themselves had answered. Mm. Um, which was very, it was a very strange, like, I was like, why would you like, why would you remove that? Um, but it was definitely like somewhat telling. Let me f- see if I can find somebody had screenshot because it's the internet. Somebody had screenshotted. <laughs> um, I don't see it, but basically people would ask like, Hey, are you know, do you have any plans to release this content in any accessible fashion fa- fashion in the future? And they basically said, no, we think that what we're doing on the switch with the uh, releasing of the v- old games and virtual console, like the, uh, th- those games on the streaming service there is good enough, which it goes from like, you know, they, they haven't ever released any Wii U games onto that service. They haven't ever released any 3DS games onto that service. And they were like, we have no plans of releasing any uh, additional content from those family of, of systems like in the future. And so, so it's like, oh, no. I mean, Nintendo's always been about the 
re-releases and remakes rather than allowing any kind of backwards compatibility sure. and uh, like back uh, backwards. I don't. I think I can't remember. Have have they already shut down the eShop for the Wii? Pretty sure. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so like what I was looking at. Um, I have some friends who have a Wii, and uh, they uh, they don't. They've never. Their their son is now old enough to play uh, Mario Party, and I was like, oh, man, I wonder if I could get him a copy of Mario Party. Well, I mean, you can't buy a digital copy of it, and yeah. the physical discs now, like, we're talking like $100 to $120 for a uh, used-in-good-condition uh, copy, disc copy of any of the Mario Parties, which is insane. Um, yeah, dude. And that's the part I don't like. I'm like, just keep these stupid stores open. How? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, it's like, it's I, like I want to give you money because I want to play some of these past things or I want to share these with, like, you know, with, with younger generations. I but, forgot. Like, you can't. Didn't, didn't PlayStation shut down the, the they uh, were going store? To, and oh, then, then people got super reverted. upset about it. Yeah, and then they went back stupid. on it. <laughs> yeah, I, need, I need to pull my Vita out. I haven't played it in far too long. Dude, I because uh, whenever that happened, I pulled it out and I started playing my Vita. And I was like, I I have bought something because I was like, oh, well, I've been wanting, yeah. you know, I've, I've always wanted to play maybe this game. Maybe that's what they wanted. They wanted uh, they wanted to write a <laughs> spend some money on it. The plan. It was a great marketing plan. They're like, we yeah. need to sell more more of our old catalog. Let's yeah. let's tell everyone that we're gonna shut it down, not shut it down. We're just telling people this. Um, uh, but no, dude, this answer? is this is wild. So it looks like you can. It looks like you can merge Great. your accounts. Amazing. And uh, it says in this in this uh, Nintendo support article. So on their website, it says merging the funds between a Nintendo account and Nintendo Network ID will allow you to share your eShop balance between Nintendo Switch, Wii U, 3DS, and the Nintendo website. Nice. So. There you go. So you should be able, even after those dates that I just listed, that are much sooner than March of next year, you should be able to like add things to your Switch and do that. The other thing is, though, I don't know if I trust even that because <laughs> maybe maybe Nintendo like just like they just redid their website, Chris, and uh, and checking out is a nightmare. Like I I attempted to add things to my cart yesterday. And it would continuously be like, yes, it's in stock. I click the button and it goes adding to cart. And then you go to the cart, nothing in there. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and so it was just, uh, their website is, uh, is, is, uh, not great at the moment. Their new redesign. Hmm. Um, anyway, Chris, but that's some disappointing news. I have a, a list of games that, uh, I will be purchasing on that system before it goes down. Um, you should, uh, you should share it sometime. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the first one, though, that everyone should pick up, Attack of the Friday Monsters, a Tokyo mm. Tale. It's like it's it's only available available digitally, and uh, and it is supposedly like really fun. Like it's it's from an uh, from level five, and it's from like some some anime uh, directors and stuff like that. From um, and they did a video game, and it sounds very fun. It sounds like a a, a very cool thing. But the thing about it is, it's like it's only available digitally. Like there's no physical mm. version of it, mm. and uh, and there's like a whole swath of those that will just be be lost lost to the sands of time because like this is you know th there are certain games that are huge right so like if you want to go about things in a non-legal fashion you will be able to have access to them but like some of the smaller things or like mid-tier things it's like who's gonna host right. a an illegal you know seed of 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 a game that nobody really knows about or cares about so right um so some of those games will just be like psh, maybe maybe they'll be here's, backed here's up my somewhere, other question but, like 
so are they going to be able, like, are your pre- past purchases going to be available for re-download? Yes. So they're still hosting the games <laughs> somewhere. Yep. So let's buy them. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. They're just Stupid. closing the store per- portion because, like, so yeah, dumb. they've said, like, yeah, you'll still be able to re-download anything you've already purchased. And it's like, wow, then what are you doing? <laughs> You're just yeah. closing the, 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 the money side of it, the side that's that benefits insane. you. Anyway, so that's the bummer news, Chris. What is the next piece of news that's exciting? Yeah, the last piece of news that's exciting is uh, there's a release date for Stranger Things season four. Um, there was a, uh, a not a press release. I guess they really, I guess it kind of is, but they released it on social uh, from Matt and Ross Duffer, the Duffer brothers, uh, who uh, are the creators and directors of Stranger Things. Uh, I'm going to read it for you. Hi, nerds. Do you copy? It's been a little while with nine scripts. Over 800 pages, almost two years of filming, thousands of visual effects shots, and a runtime nearly twice the length of any previous season, Stranger Things 4 was the most challenging season yet, but also the most rewarding one. Everyone involved is incredibly proud of the results, and we can't wait to share it with you. Given the unprecedented length and to get it to you as soon as possible, Season 4 will be released in two volumes. Volume 1 will release on May 27th. That's just, what is it, three days after, or two days after Obi-Wan? Yeah. Uh, volume 2 will release five weeks later on July 1st. Probably so that's near the, good the news. end of Obi-Wan. <laughs> yep. So that's the good news. It's coming soon, and it's bigger than ever. It's also the beginning of the end. Seven years ago, we planned out the complete story arc for Stranger Things. At the time, we predicted the story would last four to five seasons. It proved too large to tell in four, but as you'll soon see for yourselves, we are now hurtling toward our finale. Season four will be the penultimate season. Season five will be the last. There are still many more exciting stories to tell within the world of Stranger Things. New mysteries, new adventures, new unexpected heroes. But first, we hope that you stay with us as we finish this tale of a powerful girl named Eleven and her brave friends, of a broken police chief and a ferocious mom, of a small town called Hawkins and an alternate dimension known only as the Upside Down. As always, we are grateful for your patience and support. Over and out, Ross. Matt and Ross. Cool. So, uh, yeah, that's it. I love, I love, uh, this is what I love about it, John. I love that, well, number one, you know, seasons one, two, and three were great. Um, and I'm glad, I, I like the fact that, like, they have a plan for this. They have an ending in mind. We are, this isn't a, you know, Walking Dead scenario where they're just going to let this just <laughs> draw on and on Never and ends. on and on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, I mean, Walking Dead is finally ending. I think this year, this season. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. whatever's happening, something crazy. Anyway, uh, I think this is. I think they're just about to enter the second half of the uh, of the, the final, final season. season. Yeah, they also um, split it up. You know. Well, now, I mean, this is the thing. Even with that one, like, okay, cool. Now I know what I'm committing to. I might go back and rewatch the rest of oh, the Walking man. Dead where I left off. Oh man, you know that was the problem. Was like it didn't feel like it was going anywhere, and I didn't know I'm like how. Much time am I going to spend? Anyway, Stranger Things. I would I would watch the season even if there wasn't like you know going to the end. But knowing that we're we're driving toward a conclusion gives me even more of a reason to watch this. Yeah, and I think you know you think back to like Lost, like the, making the decision to end the show saved the show. Like where like you know yeah. being like, hey, this is like we're going to end it. This is the penultimate season. And that like got people back on board to be like, all right, let's keep let's then then we know, you know. So I think that's a that's a that's a astute observation that like seeing the the end 
it does make a difference as far as like viewership goes, as far as a feeling of like progression. So it's not just some never ending treadmill that you're on. Um, but Chris, it mm. is interesting to me that Netflix is releasing this in two batches. Netflix has always, always been the drop it in one day and everybody just binges it for 12 hours. Yeah. You know? Here, did you see their uh, Super Bowl commercial? Uh, no, I did not. So their Super Bowl commercials, it, just all, it wasn't, you know, like something that's completely uh, mind-blowing or anything, but it's a different approach than they've taken. So their their goal is to release one new thing every week in 2022. And so uh, I think that's why this is happening. A, because the length probably uh, demands it. B, because um, they are trying to consistently get stuff out and this gives them a good way to split it up like that i mean uh, that's a separate thing that to talk about like that's the first time that netflix has taken that bold of a of an approach for original content and it's the first time that they've been like real open with their plan i mean i think they're driving this is, you know, we've talked about maybe the potential death of theaters and i'm not saying that this is what this is but like uh now every weekend you can go home and instead of going out and watching a movie, you have something, a new movie or a new TV series to start on Netflix every weekend. Mm -hmm. That's pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. I also think like just in general, like they probably are attempting to get that like appointment television type of a type of a vibe. Because I think about like Disney plus, like whenever they had, like whenever the star Wars fans are like, Hey, almost every week people are like watching those things. Like it's like appointment television. Um, and so I think that Netflix it's binging television. Like I would basically, you know, subscribe, watch like, us like a whole series all at once like in a week and a half and then i just wouldn't like i would i would be diverted to other uh other places as far as like my viewing goes like i'd be like diverted to to hulu or to disney plus like and so i think that it releasing and having like a more um open openness about their cadence of release it makes me keep it on the top of my mind a little bit more if i have to oh, return totally. um yeah. i i i honestly like there are some things that i i love about the whole binging situation where you just drop something in like oh i mean i watch it all at once like you you watched uh you know book of Boba fett a lot of that that way yep. like you watch like four episodes and then three episodes and that's awesome i kind of like wouldn't have minded that doing that that with that series too but like with the mandalorian it's like man it's so nice to like every week like every you know wednesday or whatever like have a brand new episode of some star wars and just like get mm -hmm. a get a like a dose of star wars every week and so that just feels so cool sometimes with some series is and so but others ones it's like i want it all at once i just want to binge it yeah you know? i think i mean yeah i think it depends on how like how bad i mean how badly you really want to watch like the next one and like sure. i just prefer uh, these days i just prefer being able to watch things at my leisure and watch through like whenever i sit down to watch tv i it, normally like if it's like um i'm just watching sitting down to watch something quick I'll watch like a half hour comedy and honestly I'm probably eating dinner or doing something like while I'm watching it. And so I'll just like pop on something like a Seinfeld or something that I've seen before. And yeah. Um, but I am way like when, whenever it's like when Didi and I sit down to watch TV, it's like, okay, we're sitting down to watch TV for a few hours and I, and I don't, I kind of just want to like watch through a few episodes of something or, a, or a movie, you know, that will fill yeah, the whole yeah. time rather than have to hop around. 
makes sense and like and that's like the the thing with like I think back back to like Lost, like whenever I finally caught up to like the the Lost because I watched I started watching Lost like way after the fact, and so I had like multiple seasons of television to go through, and like that's what it was like. By the time whenever I caught up, I was like, ooh, well this is kind of a it's kind of bummer because like you end on these big cliffhangers and you can't just go all right one more episode, you know, <laughs> you know you, yeah. you have to wait, and uh, and so yeah, it's it, it is just a different vibe, and so yeah, it, it depends on how. You know, how much are you, uh, you know, are you wanting that like immediate kind of like thing? Um, like I said, you know, just with some things, I like the drip fed thing with other things. I'm like, man, give me, give me all of that all at once. So, um, it is interesting that Netflix is branching out. Yep. Chris, one more news item. Oh gosh. Taika Waititi is doing a pirate series on HBO max. Oh, I, don't, I don't, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, I know that's amazing. The trailer looks awesome. Dude, it's should, uh, it, it is called. It looks hilarious. It called? Our flag means death, and it looks hilarious. Yeah, everyone should go watch the trailer for this thing, um, coming to HBO Max. So, I agree. Yes, I'm excited about it. I will watch it. Does it say when it's coming out? I forgot. Ooh, I uh, I didn't note that down. Let me look and see. Um, but dude, yeah, Taika Waititi uh is in it, and uh, Reese Darby is is in it. it is seemingly the main character. Um, let me see if I can find the date here. I know it exists. Oh man, I'm scrolling down. Okay, March third, the first mm. three episodes. This is a weird release. The first three episodes will release on March third, followed by three more on March 10th, and two each on March 17th and 24th. <laughs> well, hey, at least uh, <laughs> at, at least Stranger Things isn't doing that. <laughs> three episodes three episodes two episodes two episodes that's really funny (laughs) everyone's trying trying to figure out that exact cadence chris trying to to figure out what what works for them (laughs) well i'll uh probably just wait for all of them to drop (laughs) and watch that oh man i'll probably watch them watch them in the in the three and three and two and two and two i don't know (laughs) nice that is the news all right, John. Um, so I have an article here from IGN, and uh, I just—it's kind of long, but I'm going to read through it, and uh, we'll talk about it as we go. Basically, uh, the title is "Ubisoft emphasizes its independence away amid a wave of gaming acquisitions." We've talked in the recent weeks about um, uh, Microsoft purchasing Activision and uh, Sony purchasing Bungie. And uh, just like who could be next? It seems like everything's take two absorbing, uh, you know, whatever that uh, Zynga. All right, so I'm going to read through this. This is by Rebecca Valentine. Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard, Take Two Interactive buying Zynga, Sony buying Bungie, Embracer Group buying well everything. I don't even know what that is. Do you? Embracer uh, Group. What did they buy? I'm going to look it up. All right. Amid a wave of mass game games industry consolidation it's no surprise that shareholders grilled ubisoft executives today during the publisher's third quarter earnings call about its own interest in making major acquisitions of its own or being acquired but ubisoft's leadership is at least publicly maintaining an air of disinterest for now it's clear that the publisher knew the issue would be on the mind of shareholders as it tried to preempt the discussion in its own earnings report with a page-long manifesto of sorts, extolling the virtues of organic growth. 
The, so Chris, uh, Embracer Group is formerly known, and you will you will is as the Nordic Games licensing, and then THQ Nordic. So remember, whenever mm, THQ Nordic yeah. was buying everything, yeah. So that's I who do. the Embracer Group is. They've renamed in t- 2019. They renamed to um, Embracer Group. Mm, interesting. Um, I don't want to read through this whole thing that Ubisoft released. Um, she says, but in summary, Ubisoft wants shareholders to see it as successful at slow growth over time, as opposed to a company that spends lots of money buying up other companies. As evidence, it points out at what it's built over the years doing exactly that. It's library of IPs like Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Tom Clancy games, and more alongside various proprietary technologies and rather ironically, it's company culture and organizational structure. I don't know why that's ironic. I can't remember. They had a lot of they had a lot of like uh, people like uh, upper level okay. that were terrible to their employees. Uh, notably, most of this was accomplished without much need for Ubisoft to acquire other huge companies. Though it's certainly done that too, if on a much smaller scale than investors are asking about. In recent years, Ubisoft has picked up mobile publisher Green Panda Games, Brawlhalla developer Blue Mammoth, Anti Sheet developer Game Blocks, mobile developer Colibri. Games, server company ID3.net, and several more. But that's not really what's being talked about here. As the publisher points out, Ubisoft has become both very valuable and very successful on its own Steam, a notable triumph after the long-running battle between Ubisoft and Vivendi not that long ago. Its discussion of organic, organic growth can be interpreted to mean that the publisher is comfortable not doing much in the way of massive acquisitions of its own anytime soon, so we're not likely to see Ubisoft try to pick up Take-Two or something tomorrow. But of course, all that discussion of how valuable and successful Ubisoft prompted uh, is, I guess, is, I was missing a word, and successful Ubisoft is prompted questions of a different sort from investors on the call. As one pointed out about 12 minutes in, if Ubisoft's assets are so highly valued right now, is this not a prime moment to sell the company to someone else? CEO, uh, I forget how to pronounce Yves his name. Yves Gumon responded with a somewhat cautious declaration of independence. Ubisoft can remain independent. Our IPs are sought after by, by the biggest global players in entertainment and tech. Having said that, if there were an offer to buy us, the board of directors would, of course, review it in the interest of all stakeholders. <laughs> there are two things of note here. The first is that this is a very fairly standard statement for any executive to make when asked about this question. Acquisition discussions, especially for companies like this, happen constantly. And more often than not, they go nowhere. But we never hear about them until the deal actually goes through due to a number of legal prohibitions to keep financial speculation from running wild, among other reasons. Pretty much any company executive then, when asked if their company might be acquired at some point, has to walk a tight rope of maybe, also maybe not, to avoid both making definitive statements but also saying outright lies. But it is somewhat notable that this is a gentler response than could have been given, especially given Ubisoft's history with Vivendi and fighting off acquisitions. Given how hard Ubisoft pushed back against a potential takeover only four years ago, even a gentle crack in the acquisition door from the company CEO is worth remarking on. What, is all, what does it all mean given the industry's propensity for secrecy? It's hard to say exactly, but one reading all of this is that Ubisoft isn't in line to be acquired anytime soon, even if it's more open to the idea than it was four years ago. It also doesn't really need it. As uh, pointed out to shareholders, Ubisoft is having no problems getting its games on any of the three consoles it wants to put them on and selling piles of copies of them once it's there, once they're there. 
It can make partnerships with Microsoft for things like Game Pass freely, and its games are in demand enough. There's no risk of any of the three platform holders closing the door. Ongoing, ongoing history of delays aside, Ubisoft is doing fine on its own. Thank you very much. For now, at least Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo can keep their hands off. Yeah. I mean, so the reason that I was going to say that, like, I think that they're one of the last companies that would, like, entertain this is because the, the like, Yves Guimont and, like, the, the, the company fought so hard from a hostile takeover um, back, you know, she said, for, like, four years ago. So, yeah. yeah, it's and so, like, that whole situation, I still remember, like, them, like just constantly reading a report of like, Oh, the group, like the group, like, uh, Vivendi, like bought more shares <laughs> and it's like, Oh no, they're creeping ever closer to, to forcing a hostile takeover and having the, the percentage necessary to like oust everyone and, and, uh, and get it. And then, you know, obviously the, the, they were trying to like fight that off and they successfully did over the course of like years. Um, and so I, you, in my mind, I don't think they they would necessarily fight that hard in that situation if they were just going to turn around and like sell. But then again, they would make more money, you know, in this case, if you didn't have the hostile takeover is like just somebody just all of a sudden hostily takes over your company, like buys enough shares to to kick everybody out. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. You might be right on like where it's like, hey, you know, it doesn't seem like this is the most extreme like of a reaction like heck no no one's going to buy us you know that's not what they said like they they kind of said like we'll entertain any idea but not you know probably not well <laughs> and and I think that like the this is this is the thing um the takeover this is where I was going from the takeover by Vivendi was completely hostile and not on their terms mm-hmm. if someone approached them to buy them hmm like I, th- they would make a deal that was uh, more equitable for all parties involved, especially their own company. In the sure. same way that I think Bungie uh, maintained their independence to some extent in their deal with Sony, mm-hmm. um, in their ability to keep publishing their own games, but like it just they have additional funding. Basically, like I think like if Ubisoft was wasn't um, as stable of a company financially. They, uh, they would be more. They would be more likely to be, uh, purchased. Hmm. But, but, and, th- and that's basically what happened to Activision. Right. But right now, oh, yeah. like, there, there's no. I mean, Ubisoft hasn't really had issues with that in the past. I mean, I think they, they kind of still walk that line, and the, but they're big enough that where they can, they walk the line between blockbusters and smaller games. Um, in in the same way that I think EA does. They they release smaller games, but that's just that's not the the overwhelming majority of what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the stuff is the known franchises, is the Tom Clancy's and the Just Dances and the um, uh, the um, Far Cries. That's what mm-hmm. I was trying to say. Well, now they have uh, a license for for Star Wars in addition yes, to the yes. license for Avatar, and it's like right. they have a lot of big deals that are are in the works. Um, in various stages of development. So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you're 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 not kidding that, like, hey, they they have like a diverse 
catalog at least as far as like monetization goes because like they do have some of the like hey here's like the multiplayer games here's some single player games here's you know like right. they have a lot of uh you know here's the just dance like the casual kind of thing they have the, the far cries and stuff so yeah yeah like it's uh they're they have a a wide variety of 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 monetary or monetization with the company and yeah like, so like in that case it's like well if, if one of those areas takes a hit uh like if people just all of a sudden decide okay you know multiplayer games are over they still have a ton of single player games right well and the thing i think that they're making a point of is like hey we are diversified enough that like we we put out games that are on all the the consoles um and we sell a ton whenever they're there and so like it's it let's put activision aside for a second they're kind of the odd man out in this whole thing up until this point most of the acquisitions um have been teams that put out games um, that, while they they probably do sell you know uh, more copies because they are on multi platform before they're bought. After the fact, like really, they're they really just need some funding because like these they're not huge games. Um, I'm thinking of like someone like an an, an insomniac, mm-hmm. and before they got bought. Um, uh, they did. Uh, they did. They said they were still doing exclusives because they still needed the money. Does that make? Am I, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They were basically, you know, people would contract them to 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 do a yeah exclusive, and that yes. made develop like they've admitted like that made development easier for them. They, they only had to make it work on one set of consoles, so like, totally. they could keep their their you know budgets lower. So and they're not Ubisoft. They're not EA, where they're putting churning out games that go everywhere and sure. sell a ton of copies. Yeah. So like up until up until Activision, really, it's been those kind of companies with like these. I guess. I guess Bethesda games. Bethesda, you know, but like Bethesda is also like it has like a couple of really huge multi-platform um, IP and then yeah. a lot of like kind of smaller, more niche IP that then they would release, uh, you know, multi-platform as well just to try to get like as much um, right. as I much mean, as they could. A lot of times they would I do like, with, like timed exclusivity. I think Prey was a yes, timed exclusivity. They were doing t- t- timed exclusivity already. And the thing with Bethesda is that, yes, they have a lot of franchises uh, in games, but what they were doing was uh, spending, even the ones that would sell a crap ton, spending years to churn those out, mm-hmm. and so they have a lot of downtime. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what the, what they come out with has been the past two years. So Deathloop, which is a PlayStation exclusive, <laughs> mm. and uh, and I think that's a, almost it. I mean, there's some DLC, I yeah. think, some, some stuff like that. Oh, uh, what was the other one? There was another one that was like a bright colored shooter i don't remember anyway but yeah so they've come up with some like kind of you would just like i would identify it as like more um uh, like smaller triple a games you know yeah but yeah. yeah they would they would they would utilize the timed exclusivity deals to their benefit to like be able to make it all work where it's like okay well this is going to be on a playstation console for a year um, and then they pay, you know, PlayStation pays them for that and they yeah. use that to make the game and then they can release it to other platforms if it, if they want, or if it is popular, if they think that it'll work that way. So I'll tell you that the, the company that I think is, could possibly be, uh, acquired next, like a, a bigger kind of company is CD project red. I could mm. see them being acquired by someone. I mean, they dude, ha- yeah, that last game was a nightmare of a release. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, especially after cyberpunk and then. They're working on the next Witcher game. I mean, yeah. like, yes, Cyberpunk made a, a lot of money, 
Um, and but like, I, it didn't didn't doesn't feel like their model is as sustainable as somebody like Ubisoft's or EA's. Yeah, uh, I also feel like another good candidate would be like Square Enix, like or or. or oh yeah, I could see that for because sure. they continuously released um, like Tomb Raider games and were like they would sell like really well like they would sell a lot of copies like anybody would look at this and be like oh yeah yeah tomb raider sold a lot of copies but then they would say in their like in their uh their calls like their quarterly calls with stockholders they would be like yeah with disappointing sales for tomb raider and it's like what did you expect right i mean they expect way too high blockbuster numbers yeah yeah um and so like you know so that's a that's a a developer and a uh a publisher that i i feel like you drop like a couple billion dollar you know it's like these this is absurd amounts of money that we're talking about here and if you drop that into their lap like i i they might be into it you know sony sony wanted to do that so yep it's interesting chris it's a it's a wild wild world we live in but not ubisoft not yet anyway it's true all right well um if if someone does get bought we will tell you here on the podcast let you know um yeah do we have anything else we want to i'm i think i i've said all my piece I think that's that's all i've got as far as uh massive acquisitions go <laughs> for the week <laughs> all right you can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com on social at chris right 250 and john right 777 and at stay pod please go to your podcast service of choice review us tell your friends about us we really appreciate it that's it for this week We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on on Target. Target.